The Fremont Local Food Hub podcast is brought to you by Brown Company, Lander Body Works, and Lost Wells Cattle Company. It's hosted and recorded by Jack Schmidt in the Porter's 10Cast Studios, which is in the county10.com offices in Riverton every single week right here on the 10Cast Network. I'm Jared Anderson. Glad to have you along here for a quick little bonus episode of the Fremont Local Food Hub podcast. Jack will be back with his normal podcast near the end of this week. His shows typically drop on Friday, so be looking for that along the 10Cast Network. But today is International Podcast Day, and we're trying to come up with a little bit of bonus material here for uh, fans of Jack and fans of the Fremont Local Food Hub podcast. And one of the fan favorite things that Jack does every episode on the Fremont Local Food Hub podcast is a little bit of cowboy poetry. And we thought we'd kind of combine some of the poems that Jack has done so far on the show, give you easy access to all of these great pieces of work. The first time Jack did cowboy poetry on the Fremont Local Food Hub podcast was episode number three when he had his Fremont Food Hub board members on and an appropriate poem for his board members. This one is called Friends. Now, friend's not a word I just toss around. Though it's used and abused, I still like the sound and I save it for someone that's done right by me. And I know I can count on if ever need be. Now, some of my friends drive big limousines. They own ranches and banks, and they visit with queens. But some of my friends are up to their neck and overdue notes, and they can't write a good check. Well, they're teachers and ranchers and writers of prose. But some of them, God love them, can't blow their own nose. See, being a friend's got nothing to do about money or talent or knowing who's who. It's a comfortable feeling when you don't have to care about choosing your words. Or being quite fair, because a friend will just let them go right on by, those things you don't mean. Then <clears throat> not bad an eye. It makes a friend happy to see your success. He's proud of your good side. He forgets all the rest, and that ain't always easy sometimes, because there's times I go crazy, and I seem to go blind. And then a friend might have to just take you on home, or remind you sometimes that you're not alone, or ever so gently bring you back down. When you think he can fly and no one's around. A hug or a shake, whichever seems right, that's a high point of friendship. And I'll tell you tonight, all the world's riches and tributes of men don't hold the candle to the worth of a friend. One of my more favorite recent poems that Jack read was by a gentleman named Mike Logan from Helena, Montana. This one's called Old Cookie. Now, Old Cookie was some ugly. And he surely weren't no rose. If you lost him in a stampede, you could find him with your nose. Cookie wasn't scared of water. Shoot, he used it every day, making coffee, beans, and biscuits. But in to washing it, no way. Now, I ain't faulting Cookie. He could surely wrestle grub. But he'd get just plain insulted at the mention of a tub. Cookie's apple pie was heaven. It just seemed like some angels blend. Punchers pertin' their photo for seconds, but they always ate upwind. Cookies wagon, it was spotless. The plates and cups were shiny clean. <clears throat> but you just mentioned bathing, and old Cookie got plum mean. You really can't blame Cookie. You only had one shirt, and you never knowed which part was cloth and which was grease and dirt. I roped a skunk for Cookie once. Just did it for a joke. 
But when I drug, drug him up a cookie, well, I thought that skunk would choke. We lost old Cookie last year at a crossing on the plat. The check wagon tipped over midstream. We only found his hat. Old Cookie never learned to swim. A fa- fact too late found out. Of course, I always thought if watered right, old Cookie'd probably sprout. He's likely making pine trees now with needles long and green. He lived his life with one old shirt, but he met his maker clean. Now, one of the poems Jack did that I've gotten the most feedback on so far was a classic called Strawberry Roan. You can catch this one on episode six of the Fremont Local Food Hub podcast. Well, I was standing around town just spending my time, just out of a job and not earning a dime when a feller come up and he said, I suppose that you're a bronc rider from the looks of your clothes. Well, you figured me right. I'm a good one, I claim, do you? Do you happen to have any bad ones to tame? He said, I got one. I got a bad one to buck. At throwing good riders, he's had lots of luck. Well, I got all head up, and I asked what it paid to ride this old nag for a couple of days. He offered me ten, and I said, I'm your man. The bronc ain't alive, Lord, that I cannot fan. He said, get your saddle. I'll give you a chance. We hopped in the buckboard and rides to the ranch, and I stayed till morning, and right after Chuck... We went down to see if that outlaw could buck. Well, down in the horse corral, standing alone in the old caballo, a strawberry roan. His legs were all splavened, and he had pigeon toes, little pig eyes, and a big Roman nose. Little pin ears, what touched at the tip, and he had a big forty-four brand on his left hip. He was udecked and all with a long lower jaw. You could see with one eye he was a regular outlaw. Well, I get the blinds on him, but it sure was a fight. Next comes the saddle, and I screwed it down tight. I stepped up on him and raised up the blinds. Get out of the way, boys. She's going to unwind. And sure as a frog walker, he heaved a big sigh and only lacked wings what to be on the fly. He turned his old belly up there to the sun. He sure was a sun-fishing son of a gun. He's about the worst bucker I'd seen on the range. He could stop on a nickel and give you some change. Come down on all fours and then go up on high, leaving me spinning up there in the sky. Well, I turned over twice, and then I come back to earth, sitting there cussing the day of his birth. I know there's ponies that I cannot ride. Some of them left, Lord. They haven't all died. But I'll bet my last dollar the man ain't alive. Stay with Strawberry when he takes his high dive. Hope you're enjoying these half as much as I am. Next up from Jack Schmidt is a poem by a cowboy poet named Omar Barker. This one called Pertineer Perkins. They called him Pertineer Perkins, unless that booger lied. He'd Pertineer done everything that he'd ever tried. He'd Pertineer been a preacher. Pertineer roped a bear. He met up with some Comanches once and he Pertineer lost his hair. He pertinary wed an heiress with money by the keg. Pertinary had the measles, and he pertinary broke his leg. He pertinary been a trail boss, at least that's what he claimed. And he pertinary shot Wild Bill Hickok, and that pertinary brought him fame. He pertinary rode some horses that nobody else had stuck, and he's for sure the fella that pertinary drowned the duck. Well, all the other cowboys on the lazy SB spread, they 
took his talking with a grin and just let him fight his head. But there was one named Bill McGinnis. He told it to him rough. You're working on an outfit now where pertin air ain't good enough. We tie our last ropes to the horn, and what we catch, we hold. And pertin air is one alibi I never do unfold. In fact, right now I'll tell you that no word I ever heard sounds so plain damn useless as that little pair pertin air. Well, that's the way Bill McGinnis, he laid it on the line, and like a heap of preaching, it sounded mighty fine. But one day, Bill McGinnis, while riding out alone, he lamed his horse, and he had to borrow a nester neighbor's roan to ride back to the ranch on. And somewhere along the way, a bunch of nesters held him up. Man, there was hell to pay. Now, Bill claimed he hadn't stole that horse. He just borrowed it to ride. But them nesters hated cowboys. They told him that he lied, and they cussed him for a horse thief. Said they caught him with the goods. And they was going to hang him there in a nearby patch of woods. They had old Bill surrounded with their guns all aimed to shoot. And old Bill, he just knowed he'd heard his last owl hoot. They tied a rope around his neck and throwed it over a limb. And Bill, he was sure that they'd seen the last of him. When suddenly some shots rang out from somewhere up the hill. Them nesters dropped their rope and ran like... Nesters always will when the bullets go to whizzing by. Bill's heart leapt high with hope to see old Pertner Perkins riding at him at a lope. I Pertner got here just in time, old Pertner Perkins said, to see them Nesters hang you. Bill's face got kind of red. Uh, you you Pertner dead, he Pertner grinned. They Pertner had me strung. You're looking at one cowboy that Pertner just got hung, but also one that's changed his mind because no words was ever said that sounds as sweet as Pertner when a man's been Pertner dead. One of the poems, I don't know if many fans of the Fremont Local Food Hub podcast were able to catch was one that Jack did on the Riverton Local Ladies podcast, another 10-cast network show with Bethany Baldez. He gave a uh, poem in honor of the host, Bethany, and you'll be able to hear her kind of laughing in the background of this poem called Bruin Wooin. This is another one from Omar Barker. The track of the bear that ate Carson's pig, well, it wasn't so small, but it wasn't so big. That when this cowboy come drifting on past, he said he'd go get it and go get it fast. Well, the dogs took its trail, the nester girl said, but Pa couldn't follow. He's down sick in bed. We'd be mighty grateful if you'd follow those dogs and shoot that old bear before he kills all our hogs. Well, ma'am, said the cowboy with a gleam in his eye, to please a fair maiden, there ain't much I won't try. For I'm Bill McGinnis, a buckaroo witch, kills panthers barehanded and bears with a switch. So if this here pig killer ain't handy to shoot, I'll just grab hold of his tail and pop off his snoot. So all sprisoned up by that nester girl's smile, Bill rode up the canyon, no more than a mile, and there found the nester's dogs, beller and brave. He'd hold up that bear in a little old cave. To get to that opening up there in the rocks, Old Bill shucked his boots, and he climbed in his socks. Now that rock ledge was narrow, 
The cave entrance, small. Bill bent to peer in and found nothing at all. For to this here hunter of bears with a switch, the mouth of that cavern was darker than pitch. The nester's two mongrels were raised in a den around the mouth of that cave, but he they wouldn't go in. Old Bill tried to sick them, but them dogs was wise. <clears throat> they looked up at him, and the looks in their eyes said, <clears throat> We hold that bear up. That's the best we can do. If you want him un- unhold, well, that's up to you. Well, Bill could tell by the smell he was in there all right. He struck him a match and peered in by the light. Two little red eyes and the glow was reflected. But then something happened Bill hadn't expected. That sweet maiden's voice drifted up from the creek. Can you poke out that bear if I hand you a stick? That Nestor's fair daughter had followed the view that bear getting switched by her bold buckaroo. Oh, I'll just crawl in and get him. Bill's voice was plumb bold in spite of the blood in his veins running cold. I'll grab hold of his terror tail and I'll show you the art of whip-cracking bears till they fly plumb apart. But when Bill hunkered down with his hand on his gun, it was the brew in his own self what opened the fun. With a growl and a roar and a big rooster wind, he come out of that cave like a bear getting skin. Bill rizzed up real sudden with his legs spread real wide, and he found himself a straddle of a hairy black hide. The bear gave a beller. Bill's gun gave a boom. <clears throat> they both gave an inch, and the dogs gave him room. Bill wrestled that bear, and the bear wrestled him. Grab, Bill grabbed for a tail hold, and they went over the rim. And who was on top as they rolled down the hill? Well, sometimes it was a bear, and sometimes it was Bill. And just when Bill thought that his last blood had been shed, that gra- gal grabbed the gun, and she shot that bear dead. Now... Bill lived to get married. It was a right happy hitch. And his wife, she won't let him hunt bears with a switch. <laughs> now, the moral to this story, if a moral you crave, points right to you cowboys that talk up plum brave. When you're wrestling a bear, you big talking male, you better not ever grab a hold of his tail. The reasons for this are mighty and many. But it's mostly because he ain't hardly got any. <laughs> And at least until the next episode, which, again, I believe is due out on Friday of the Fremont Local Food Hub podcast, here's the final piece of cowboy poetry from Jack Schmidt. This one's called The Broads by a cowboy poet named Bill Hershey. I'm told he didn't have very many poems, and maybe this one has something to do with his short-lived career. Now, I ain't much for shopping or, or even going to town and Except for shipping day in the fall, I'm not easily found. But there come a time I just had to go. So I left the kids with Ma. But before I left, she asked me, Would you pick me up a bra? Well, sure. I said, How tough can that job be? I, I bent down to kiss her and told her I'd be home by three. When I got my stuff done in town, I was starting to regret ever offering to buy that thing. I was working up a sweat. I crossed the street to the woman's store with my hat pulled over my eyes. You see, I, I wasn't taking any chances on being recognized. But I walked right up to that sales gal, and I didn't hammer a haw. I told that lady right straight out, Ma'am, I'm here to buy a bra. I heard a bunch of giggling, and I turned around to see about a dozen women staring and pointing straight at me. Well, 
what kind would you be looking for? Well, that made me scratch my head. I'd only seen one kind before. Bras is bras, I said. She gave me this disgusted look and said, Sir, in that, you're wrong. Come with me, I heard her say, and like a dog I trailed along. She took me down this alley where them bras was on display. I thought my jaw had hit the floor when I seen that lingerie. There was bras of all descriptions, kinds I'd never seen before. I thought I'd go crazy before I left that woman's store. There was bras you weared for 18 hours, and bras that cross your heart, and bras that lift and separate, and that was just the start. There was bras that made you feel like you wasn't wearing one at all. And bras for you to trade in when you start out, when you're small? Well, I finally made my mind up. I picked a black and lacy one. Told that gal to bag it up. I figured I was done. Well, then she asked me for the size. Well, I didn't hesitate. I knew them measurements by heart. Six and seven-eighths. Six and seven-eighths, she said? That surely can't be right. Ah, oh, yes, ma'am, I'm positive. I measured them last night. I thought that gal go into shock. Took her by surprise to find out that my wife's bust was the same as my hat size. Well, by now, crowd had gathered around, and they was really yucking up, especially when she took my hat to measure for the cup. She finally got it figured, and I give that gal her pay. Went to live, leave that woman's store, tipped my hat, and said, good day. Well, my, my wife had heard the story by the time that I got home. See, all them women called her and told her on the phone, and she's still laughing. But by now, I just don't care, because she don't ask, and I don't shop. For women's underwear.